capable of puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter! Hello, and welcome to the Gaily Prophet Feelings Edition. What you're about to listen to is an episode made up of two separate interviews that Jesse and I did individually. We were interviewed by Madison Ford, who is the host of the Beyond the Veil podcast, and as such, is a very experienced interviewer. Uh, She sat down and spoke with each of us for around an hour and 15 minutes. And what you're going to listen to is basically a compilation of those two interviews so that you will hear each of our answers to those questions together. But uh, we were not all actually in conversation together. I do also want to let you all know that after listening to this, if you find that you want to know more. Both of our individual episodes are going to be up and available to the public on our Patreon page. So, you know, if you're looking for two and a half hours of feelings after you get through these 45 minutes of feelings, that's there for you. The last thing that I want to say before we get into the actual episode is just we are not quitting. The Gaily Prophet is continuing for the foreseeable future uh it maybe doesn't come across totally clearly in the episode that that is the case but uh rest assured this is not us announcing the end of the podcast yeah with that here's the behind the scenes of what has been going on with the creators of your favorite podcast for the last couple months slash almost a year now uh, i actually feel like i guess i should i don't know how to start this off welcome to a very special episode of the game of profit <laughs> <laughs> where we're talking about feelings yes <laughs> that's why i'm here <laughs> madison thank you for being here in the virtual studio and of course talking to me about my feelings (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's an honor so i guess let's just get fully feeling then so just starting off checking in you know how how are you feeling right now and what's kind of on your mind as we're beginning this there was like a nazi rally half a mile from my house yesterday and like city officials were like don't leave your homes there's roving bands of fascists it's not safe as a very visibly queer and trans person i can't leave my house because i don't own a car that's not covered in like gay bumper stickers like i can't even drive outside of where the roving bands of fascists are in a way that makes me feel safe stuff like that i feel like has become innately tied to jk rowling in my mind where feels like she's a participant in me not being able to safely leave my house to walk my dogs because my neighborhood is full of Nazis. Uh, I mean, it's like kind of a weird 
Not kind of. It's a weird time to have a Harry Potter podcast because JKR is a literal trash demon of a person. So it's like a lot of feelings. It's like it's very frustrating and exhausting, especially during a year full of frustrating and exhausting and angering things. It's it's just kind of painful because like part of the reason of me wanting to do a podcast, it's like, oh, this will be a fun hobby for me to do. And uh, there's been a lot of not fun things about doing a podcast about Harry Potter this year that is really like making me kind of rethink the work that I am doing and also just kind of like grappling with a thing that two years ago would have been like, oh yeah, Harry Potter. I know it's not for everyone, but it's super great. Where now I'm like, now I kind of want to be like, don't even start. Don't tell your kids. Don't tell your friends. Just don't. (laughs) And how to like reconcile a thing that holds a lot of my heart and my mental space being just so fucked up and problematic. So right now, you with the Gaily Prophet are working with this very viral anti-JKR campaign. So I was hoping you could maybe, you don't have to be super in-depth or anything, but kind of take us through when did this start, you know, this viral anti-JKR stuff, and when did it start to grow? All right, so I just want to preface this by time literally has no meaning for me right now. So uh, a firm timeline is not a thing I'm going to be I'm going to be very solid on. Even though there was like we did a little bit of ooh, looks like she's probably transphobic previous to December of 2019. That was when things first really blew up for us. That was when I put together the first iteration of the guide to canceling JK Rowling. Um, and then last December, JKR did something more explicitly turfy. And I think that was when Lark created the first round of the graphics for the kind of what we've been short, like what he has shorthand called the guide to canceling JKR, in which, you know, he wrote and created these graphics. It was it was not quite Death of the Author, but it was primarily about as fans of Harry Potter, there are fan things that belong to people like me who have read these books and love these books and have participated in fandom. And the author being terrible doesn't necessarily mean that you have to throw the whole artwork out. It was, you know, a, a pretty, it, I'm discounting. It was a big deal in December, I think, for like... A full two weeks, I was basically working from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep. And so, I mean, in 2020, it's felt like every couple of months, JKR has said something or done something progressively more aggressively and violently anti-trans and then doubled down on her anti-trans turfness. And so every time that happened, Lark would update the guide. We split the work of social media, so I'd post it he would post it and like both of us would split up the work of like moderating our comments which i mean as a core person on the internet in order to have a healthy and safe place to 
dialogue, you need to have a well-moderated comment section, <laughs> which social media makes very difficult, um, let me tell you. Our fucking Facebook post went viral, which is like the worst platform to have a viral post on because it is just like full of the worst people in the world and there's no way to limit comments on facebook and so moderating it was an absolute nightmare monitoring facebook to delete every trollish comment because everyone and their grandma was sharing the guide to cancer and jkr on facebook which brought a flood of trolls and ignorance and just like a fire hose flood of comments that I was working on in the middle of a pandemic in like right at the height of the Black Lives Matter uprising where I was already stressed out about that and stressed out about the pandemic. And then this was how I was spending my time in order to create a safe space for our listeners and other queer and trans folks to be able to interact with the guy in a way that was positive. So it's gotten more attention this time, but also this time we're not doing anything on Facebook and we've turned off, like our our comments are limited on Instagram. And so it's actually been less work in a lot of ways. Like it's still a lot of time that I'm spending just like being careful, like making sure that things are okay. But objectively, it's a lot less work. But like, I am so tired (laughs) and so overwhelmed that it feels like the same amount or more work because I think it's like more emotionally taxing just that it exists. The more press the things that she said and done and and was doing got, the more that people who aren't queer or trans on the internet, you know, were seeing the post ended up getting a lot more attention than definitely I had ever anticipated it would get. And so every, t- I mean, every time it gets bigger, we get like the, the posts either on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook will get shared. And then the social media accounts get so much more comments and traffic that we have to monitor and it becomes more and more <laughs> exhausting. So making these guides all of these, a vast number of resources gathering from all different kinds of places, um, not just for how to cancel JKR, but also why the things she said are wrong and harmful and dangerous. That is a lot of work. And, you know, what we see on Instagram are these beautiful posts with all of these nice bullet points, well-moderated comment sections, but from your side, you know, what is going on? What are y'all doing to create these things and to manage the response you're receiving? So I want to start by being like very, very explicit that the division of labor for the Gailey Prophet is agreed upon. And in every way, like I feel 100% good about the amount of work that Jesse does versus the amount of work that I do. The majority of the work that goes into all of that stuff is work that I'm doing. The recent, like the, what did she do? Sort of the compilation of articles that actually was almost entirely Jesse. Any graphic that goes out for anything is something that I make. And in general, like every iteration of the, we're calling it the guide to firing her now because like, that's what it is and 
canceling is a word that people understand, but then it turned into this conversation about cancel culture. And it was like, okay, like, stop. We're just, we're firing her like that. Stop it. Um, But uh, yeah. So like putting that together each time, like that's just been something that I do. And I put it together. I run it by her before it goes out. And I try to sit on it for a while to make sure that there's nothing that I want to tweak or change or whatever. And then I put it out and I just like, for the next however long, it's like, okay, what is interacting with this need to look like? So it's like checking the comments and then checking our like DMs and our emails and stuff like that. Like answering people's DMs and just, while also still like recording the podcast and then, you know, Locker's creating graphics and editing and producing the podcast and i'm still you know posting on social media and you know working on content for patreon so this is all on top of just the normal amount of work that myself and lark do for the podcast so now every time she says a thing i'm like please just stop for the love of god so i don't have to make sure that people aren't ripping us apart on you know in our comments and it's just and this person is happening like like so frequently now i'm just like oh another thing that i can dread on top of the eight other things i can dread about the world right now that's real awesome it's it's never the right time for what she's doing but it's like this is so profoundly not the right time it's like sometimes you just need to save your bullshit for later if you have to do this could you please just put it on pause for like just maybe until 2021? Like, could we address this when there's like potentially less things to address? Let the United States overthrow the government. We will get to you next year. JK Rowling. Like we are busy right now. I think that's like, that's a huge piece of it too, is that there are a lot of things that are important pieces of activism that are not something that I can do. And the Gailey Prophet is a way for me to participate in the movement in a way that like I can do. And like, there's a lot of stuff that I can't do, but like I can be a meme activist. And I think that that is absolutely legitimate. A decent amount of my resentment towards JK Rowling is that it's like, that's what I want to be doing. And like, she's taking that away from me and I feel really bitter about it. I I just wish someone would just put her into a hole underneath her fancy castle and just lock the door. That's what I would like. This would be a lot for any, like a much larger organization than the Gaily Prophet to be undergoing. And so I'm curious to know we've talked a little bit about it but what is what is the what kind of toll has this campaign and all of the decisions that you've had to made what has that taken on you personally you know to quote bilbo i feel like butter scraped over too much bread (laughs) actually i i was talking to evan yesterday about it and there for like a long time earlier in our relationship it was like 2020 only it was like just our lives right everything was just like i i don't know how 
I am doing this, but like, I can't stop so much like sickness and like money stuff and everything was just like, I have to be doing every second of every day and there just isn't enough of me, but there's no choice and I just have to keep going. That's how I feel now. I don't know how I'm continuing to do what I'm doing. If I like check in with myself objectively, it's not possible for me to do this, but I keep doing it, you know, and people are like, why don't you take a break? And it's like, yeah, why don't I take a break? And I don't really know the answer to that question. Aside from like, I feel like a sense of obligation to the community that we've built And also I think part of it is like capitalism in that I'm like, well, we just got like 2,500 new Instagram followers in the last week and a half. And like people are just discovering our podcast. And if I like take a hiatus now, that's just bad business planning. I would like to invite that voice in my head to leave. But the fact is that it's like, it's there. I'm afraid of like losing that momentum. And I think also it's like, I'm like, well, what would I do? Like, what would I do with a break? Because the world is still completely overwhelming. And like that nervous energy is not going anywhere. I'm just going to like sit on my couch. Like that's not, that doesn't feel better. I don't think. We have definitely experienced what I would call a lot of tokenization. There are that I'm aware of only a few Harry Potter podcasts that have a black host. And as far as I'm aware, the only Harry Potter podcast that has a trans host and the fact that Lark and I are queer means that we have a nice little intersectional circle (laughs) of a very unique perspective in a already sort of saturated Harry Potter podcast pond. But that means that, you know, we get a lot of, requests for interviews and guesting that don't necessarily feel to me like it's because Lark and I are brilliant and funny people, but because, you know, it's a queer and trans Harry Potter podcast, which doesn't feel great. And because I've been a person on the internet for a very long time, um, it's definitely upped my anxiety of being doxxed or being the center of a bunch of like an organized troll attack or being sued by JKR, who has definitely sued people for a crap of this before and is awful <laughs> and doesn't care about trans people. So it's like, <gasps> so for me, it is definitely up my anxiety about the things that becoming popular and well-known can bring. And I mean, honestly, I'm still, concerned about a bunch of fucking fascists attacking it like i'm like i'm definitely afraid of it going on like the worst reddit thread and all of a sudden it's just like we're just inundated with trolls which i feel like happens super easily and i mean i don't know it's it's a nebulous anxiety you have these guides that give pretty clear and concise direction on you know this is how you can keep harry potter how you can keep jk rolling out and I'm curious to know, as things have progressed, how your beliefs align, you know, how do they still align with 
what you have put out with the guide? Have they evolved? Where where are your feelings on this? My feelings are complex. No, Rufio don't. Rufio has thoughts too. It's just one long, low growl is the answer to that question. <laughs> and I honestly think if I wasn't working on this podcast, I would be encouraging people to stop talking about Harry Potter and to just stop recommending it and read something else. <laughs> In December, I was like, yeah, this is this is it. Like this is the thing. I'm like the leader of this like movement of this like creation of a a space for people who feel like they need Harry Potter. People for whom Harry Potter was this like critical piece of forming their identities that's irreplaceable like that's that's a fact right like you can't just be like well now i reject this thing and so like it's not true that this was such an important part of like my development as a person and it was like well you know she's taken the safety away from that but like i can give it back and that felt really good to be able to do with each subsequent thing that has felt less certain it's 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 2020 it's not 1998 anymore you can find books by trans people and queer people who have that that have explicitly trans characters and queer characters and you know queer people of color in it and so you don't just have harry potter which as an older-ish millennial like i was the prime audience of harry potter at the time but then also not really because i'm also a queer black person so it's not like these books are written for my identity my me as a person in mind much like a lot of sci-fi that i read in the 90s and 2000s and early 2000s so i don't know it just feels like it feels so complicated because it's like well if we all just stop talking about her does that mean that people who just like are tuned out or are somehow like missing missing this information right are just going to keep unthinkingly engaging with her stuff. And since everyone who would previously have been in a position to have these conversations with them is now just like, no, I'm not thinking about Harry Potter anymore. I'm not engaging with Harry Potter anymore. Then we are taking away something important like this, something that could lead to more people understanding what these issues are and people being like, Oh, I'm, I too am going to like send a message the only way that we really can under capitalism. But also like, maybe it's true that it would be better for all of us just to like reject everything Harry Potter out of hand and be like, no. Like maybe not, don't even talk about it at all. Like even in this sort of impassionate defense of like what Harry Potter means to me personally, I'm kind of just like, I don't, I don't know if I like going forward, I'm going to talk to it about people who don't already know that I have a podcast or interested in Harry, in Harry Potter. Cause that's kind of like, it feels, it feels a little gross and it feels a little bit like I don't, I wouldn't want to signal to someone that I don't know if I was talking about Harry Potter that, you know, I wouldn't want them to think, Oh, well then she must condone all the fucked up shit that JKR says. Objectively what this idea of firing her is is being like well we can keep what you did well 
saying like well we won't engage with you anymore jk rowling like we're actively not engaging with you and i don't know that that's actually any more possible than the idea of separating the art from the artist how does it feel for you engaging with the just the the podcast part right now you know not the not necessarily the instagram comments but like creating the podcast talking about the books everything y'all do for patreon how does that part feel for you that's like the only time that i'm like glad to be doing any of this is the part that's actually about like the podcast yeah i was just feeling like so despondent and so like should i even be doing this and then i sat down to start editing the most recent episode that we put up and i just was like this is such a joy this is so fun and so funny part of the podcast is i actively enjoy having a reason to talk to lark for an hour and a half two hours every week every couple of weeks about a specific thing and you know, right now it's Harry Potter because of our both intense, deep histories with Harry Potter. I view the podcast more of mostly as me and Lark are having a fun conversation. And sometimes we get other people involved and it's also a lot of fun. And people are enjoying listening to us talk about a topic that just happens to be Harry Potter. You know, but but part of the reason to make the podcast is to I don't want to say strengthen our relationship but to like to have a reason to continue to deepen our relationship as friends so much about what makes Harry Potter useful as a text is that in a way that basically no other book series is people speak Harry Potter or you know folks that just want to you know, have a shared language to discuss political issues with people who maybe aren't as, like, being able to articulate in the way that you often see on the internet when you have a lot of people who are like, you know, this is how you say these things about politics or, like, how you explain police brutality, say, to children. And it's like, actually, Prisoner Azkaban is a pretty good shorthand about how the justice system is rigged and awful. You know, I'm editing this this podcast and it's like objectively about chapter 18 of Prisoner of Azkaban. But like we talked about like the failures of the U.S. healthcare system and like Jesse gave us like a giant lesson on parasites and like why werewolfism is similar to rabies and all these things that are not about Harry Potter. Like it's about the real world and it's the reason that Harry Potter is great is because it's like boring and depressing to talk about things like the failures of the US healthcare system just by itself. I don't want to listen to me talk about that on a podcast, but when I'm talking about it through the framework of like St. Mungo's, it's still like upsetting, like the topic is still upsetting, but you it's easier to like make jokes about it and it also is a way to just generally talk to people about things that maybe they don't think about or talk about the rest of the time in a way that's just like super accessible 
you know, we're doing that on Escape from Reality with the Carry On books, but like a ton of the listeners to that podcast read Carry On for the first time because they listened to The Gaily Prophet and they were like, oh, you make another podcast. I want to see what it's about. Like, it just isn't the same level of shared language that Harry Potter is. As you know very well, uh, Lark and I both are pretty open about our mental health struggles on the podcast, which is sort of a, just a side benefit that has come out of where we're like often just being like, oh, yes, that is depression. And this is why I know that because this, this and that. And I feel like it's important to normalize that, not just, you know, if you listen to a podcast about therapy and mental health issues, but I'm, you know, reading this book through my personal experience as someone who has mental health issues and has dealt with them in a variety of ways, healthy and not. Which is what makes it so complicated, because it's like, you know, editing the episode and like cracking up. It's like, oh, this is great. And then I like put it away and it's like 15 minutes later and I'm like, oh my God, should I quit? Like, should I stop doing this? Is this a good idea? Am I doing more harm than good? And Which is just like a fucking roller coaster, right? I'm just like, this is not fun at all. For me, it feels a little bit harder to get super excited and approach kind of the reread in a humorous way as opposed to just straight up ripping it to shreds and then ending every episode with fuck you jkr or something it also doesn't feel good that every hurtful thing that jkr says deeply affects lark who is a super good friend like i love him very much and i'm not the kind of person who wants to do an activity with someone who's not into it. And this is a thing that me and Lark have deeply bonded over. So part of maybe the grappling with is like, I'm, I'm, I'm cis like the, like her attacks are not specifically aimed at me, even though transphobia ripple effect does affect cis people in a kind of vague way. Like it's not, a direct attack as it is for Lark and understandably whatever feelings he's feeling about the series and doing the podcast and JKR are things that I'm totally going to respect and support. So, you know, if he was like, fuck it, let's not do this podcast anymore. Of course, I'm going to say, all right, like, cool. With all of this, I'm curious what it feels like when y'all are working on Escape from Reality instead of The Gaily Prophet. Making Escape from Reality is like the shining bright point of my life right now because it's just like this beautiful, well-written book that is not Harry Potter. It's fun and it's like canonically queer and it's like, this is great. I don't know if it actually makes it into the final episode, but definitely every time we're recording or talking about it, we're like... Uh, it's such it's so refreshing to not have to talk about Harry Potter or J.K. Rowling or be able to enjoy a like well crafted character or character plot or you know sentence or visualization and it's refreshing because there's so much less baggage, uh, which isn't to say that Rimbold Rowell doesn't have some problematic things about her as an author. I know there's some things about the Eleanor and Park books which i have not read but again like there aren't there are no perfect creators of art you know escape from reality started as like 
okay, what do y'all want us to make like a quarantine podcast about? And we weren't even planning on going beyond Carry On, even into like the sequels. At this point, I think that the plan is that we are going to Carry On and do the, you know, the next two uh, Simon Snow books. And then from there... And we've only briefly explored this, but I'm pretty sure that the plan is that we are going to start only, we'll continue only doing books that are canonically queer, but we're going to try to do a focus on books written by people of color and specifically black folks and indigenous folks, which I like just feel really excited about, you know, I'm like, that sounds great and really fun and like something that I feel very excited to do unproblematically. And I think Carry On is like a really good gateway to that too, you know, even though, I mean, it's, it's canonically queer, but like Rainbow Rowell is a white woman and like, she's not without her issues for sure. Um, people have a lot of really legitimate criticisms specifically of her book, Eleanor and Park. But I feel like because it's basically Harry Potter fanfic, it's like a very easy sort of transitional point from the Gately Prophet into this other project so yeah i mean i think to more succinctly answer your question like yeah it feels really good your community has grown and i'm curious if that has if that has been like has that felt like a good thing has that felt strange what where does that fit into things oh no that part feels great (laughs) uh i I, I, I mean, I still feel like the Gilly Prophet podcast has a lot to offer fans of the series, especially queer and trans fans. It's really been pretty consistently lovely. I think I'm probably never going to stop feeling low-level grumpy about the fact that we get these waves of new listeners and followers and people talking about us when this comes up so i'm like no you should all talk about how great our podcast is just all the time because it's really good and like people should listen to our podcast and you know i was never making this podcast like just for my friends which i think like a lot of people very realistically or like there are 50,000 podcasts like I'm making this podcast for my friends because it's fun and like from the jump I was like no this is gonna be a huge podcast like this is what we're doing this is a good we're good at this and like it's gonna take off this is not the reason that I want our podcast to take off (laughs) especially in 2020 having a safe very unapologetically queer space Talking about a book that is for a lot of people, a kind of like common shared language. Like it feels like it feels good. It feels kind of important in the way that being able to ease someone's pain and support them feels important. It it becomes a little bit more complex for me in that at this point, I'd still feel like, is it ethically right for me to have this podcast where it is uplifting and continuing to discuss and bring into the spotlight uh, a work that honestly is not super well written that is written by a person who is actively harming trans people and is in general a dumpster fire like is it is it ethical for me to be doing that when i could be having a podcast about why a sci-fi and fantasy written by people of color or 
that have that have queer characters or written by other queer people and that or books that have queer people in them explicitly like you know the work that i'm doing with the escape from reality which which started because <laughs> look it's like i need a break from harry potter do you want to do a podcast about carry on and i'm like i sure do <laughs> what do you want to provide your community i definitely feel humbled by sort of the safe space that we have managed to create for other queer folks uh i mean you know the internet is where a lot of queer people myself included have like really been able to carve out spaces for ourselves and i do feel a little bit like i have a responsibility to maintain that because i can yeah i mean i think that that's changed over time because it has become such a consistent source of validation for our listeners and like I didn't set out in any way expecting that I was going to be getting letters from people being like I started my transition this year and I don't think there's any chance that I would have done it without your podcast that that was not anything that I was like oh that's gonna happen as a result of me being a nerd about Harry Potter that's like a really cool thing to be providing the podcast has received so many messages from people who are like i wouldn't have come out as trans or non-binary if it wasn't for this podcast or it's like i've been super depressed and super you know super sad and this like podcast is like one of the bright spots in my day and my life and they're just there's not necessarily people with voices like mine or larks doing what we're doing in the harry potter fandom on an accessible medium like podcasting i mean like all i want to do all i want to do in my life is to make things and people like better around me to like improve the world that i am living in i i view it i don't remember who said it but i kind of view it as like my (laughs) rent to being a person on this planet and so i do feel kind of like a a deep connection to the work of bringing queer joy to other queer people. You know, I still am like, oh, I I want to provide this like very niche exploration of Harry Potter through like a queer lens because it's fun and people want to listen to it. That's still a thing that I want to be providing to people, but it's also become like so much deeper and more nuanced what you are giving and you know what it seems like have the intent to continue growing is so much based in this place of providing a space for people you know to have to feel safe to feel comfortable in their own identities to feel capable of growing and it's hard when that sometimes has to come at some personal cost through the uh, particularly through the emotional labor that you're going through right now If there were anything that you could ask of the community that you have built, I'm curious if if there is anything you would ask and what it would be. I like the answer that immediately springs to mind is like, I really want them to start listening to Escape from Reality. (laughs) Like, I, I think that's 
sort of this really I don't know because it is like it's such a source of joy and like again I feel so worn down and like stretched so thin and every conversation that I have with another human being requires a tremendous amount of energy right now and so making our podcasts where not only is it like a conversation but like I have to be very on and like funny and it takes like I finish and like Evan and I don't talk for the rest of the night because I'm just so that was it that was everything that I had in me that day and it's harder for me to summon that energy to make the Gaily Prophet right now than it is for me to make Escape from Reality and Escape from Reality had like it's it's been very aptly titled and I just like I don't know I just really want more people to be engaging with that podcast and to like come on that journey with us the one thing I would ask is for our community of Harry Potter fans listening to put some trust into Lark and I whether that is continuing with going through the Harry Potter series or potentially moving on to something else. Like I, like I take the the trust and the care that people put into our show very seriously. And I just would hope that folks can still trust us to have a, a fun and interesting and enlightening time, even if it's potentially not through the uh, shared limbs of Harry Potter. Please understand that I am very, very tired and like, I'm trying super hard to do things on a schedule and keep going, but like I haven't even downloaded the audio tracks for the episode of Escape from Reality that's supposed to go up on Tuesday. Things are running real slow here, and I there's just like nothing I can do about it. Um, and people have been pretty understanding, but it is still the case that people will be like, uh, do you know, like when you might put that out? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> no idea. I do not have any concept of when I'm going to have the energy to sit down and like finish editing that. It's like, oh, all I have to do is paste in the newspaper sound effect and then it's ready to go. And I'm like, I don't know. That's going to take me five minutes and I don't know when I'm going to be able to have the energy for those five minutes. So just uh please be gentle and understanding providing art in a time like this providing art can be difficult and then squeezing every last piece of yourself out of the bottom of the toothpaste tube during 2020 um that's really hard and i have to add as a listener of both podcasts that it is so so lovely both are lovely but when you go into escape from reality carry on being a a much more evolved text than harry potter the the caliber of the conversations that you and jesse are having just by nature of the text being more evolved you know everything that was bright and shiny and beautiful about the gaily prophet is even brighter and shinier in Escape from Reality. So, you know, the your love of the podcast shows through it, and Carry On is a great book, and I just, this is just, I want, I agree with you, and I, I just want to encourage people, you know, 
if you're feeling hesitant or something, sometimes, you know, committing to something like a podcast can feel intimidating, but this is, it is an escape from reality. It truly is. And thank you for providing it and, and for all that you have, everything that y'all have created up until this point. And thank you for fighting on and doing so much to support everybody when, like you said, you're like a millimeter layer of butter over a pizza-sized slice of bread. But with that, is there anything else that you feel like you want to express or tell anybody listening to this? I don't think so. I want to thank you, though, for facilitating this. I think it feels really important to be able to just, like, be honest and, like, not be on. Yeah as it relates to talking about all of this. So thank you. Of course. I'm happy to. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. Once again, if you are interested in hearing the full interviews with myself and or Jesse, those are available on Patreon. They're free, available to the public. So just head over to patreon.com slash thegailyprophet. And if you look at the public posts, they will both be right there. So, you know, this episode is 45 minutes and it includes answers from both of us, but we did each talk to Madison for around an hour. And those two episodes contain a lot of information that I was not able to include here. Thank you all so much for being on this journey with us, for your support. I think that it probably comes through pretty clearly in the episode that Jesse and I are incredibly grateful to you for being part of our community, but I just want to reiterate it. And, you know, as Jesse likes to say, you are all the wind beneath our wings and we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you. So thank you. And, you know, we're going to keep soldiering on with making the Gaily Prophet, at least for the time being. And that's for you. It's it's our gift to all of you who have created this beautiful thing with us. Our website is thegailyprophet.com and if you want to give us, you know, feedback or share your thoughts and feelings about this episode, uh, there's a contact option on our website or you can just send us an email directly at thegailyprophet@gmail.com. Aside from that, if you want to find us generally on the internet, uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter at The Gaily Prophet. Our Facebook page still exists, but is no longer updated. That's also at The Gaily Prophet. Our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester, and the music in our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. And until next time, it's okay to have complicated feelings.